1: Um, newspaper and magazines. And USA Today, dated January 26, 2018, he was called the most powerful talent in the sports business just a year ago, and he followed it up with his best year as a professional. First Take had his highest rated ever ratings ever since it since launched nearly a decade ago after making the move to ESPN. Combining his quest to annihilate the competition, along with management showing more belief in him than ever before, there is no reason to believe the face of ESPN Will not change soon. Here's another quote from the New Yorker magazine dated June 25th, 2018. How the star of first take became ESPN's most recognizable face. Here's another quote from another article recently in USA Today dated September, 20, September 17th, 2018. He will do anything for ESPN, but his ambitions don't stop there. I love it. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations sports and general hospital soap opera star, Stephen A. Smith,
2: <laughs> what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing, doing fantastic, Stephen. I wish I, I, wish I was a star at General Hospital. <laughs> I got to work on my acting shop. What's going on?
1: I'm going good, man. Uh, first of all, um, just, just, uh, how did that start? I want to just get that out real quick because a lot of people know about it, a lot of people don't know about it. But you really enjoy appearing on General Hospital as the character Brick.
2: No, I love it. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun because I grew up watching the soap, coming home from school. Uh, we had a couple of TVs in my house and it, I had four older sisters and they were all watching General Hospital. You know, we were an ABC family. That's why it's so ironic that I'm with ESPN as a part of the Walt Disney and ABC family because that's the main channel we grew up watching. And um, if you wanted to watch TV after you came home from school, you had to watch General Hospital because the two TVs we had in our house, that's what the TV was on. And if you didn't want to do that, then you're going to have to go and do your homework. So, <laughs> you know, usually usually we ended up watching General Hospital. And I've been watching General Hospital since I was about seven years old. Cool. And I've never stopped ever since. So I'm 50. It's been about 42, 43 <laughs> years that I've been watching General Hospital. That's awesome. And um, I, I remember one time I showed up on General Hospital and um, the cast there uh, you know, tried to test me. They were like, we hear that you're this guy that's watched this, and they would ask me about a scene. I said, actually, nope, that wasn't the scene. This was the scene. <laughs> and it was before they had even appeared on the show, and they were there for like 20 years. Right, so right. It, it, it so I knew more about it than some of them did.
1: That's awesome. Hey, Stephen, I, I, I outlined some quotes uh, from recent um, magazines and interviews that was, that featured you. One of the quotes from that um you say Today article, well, actually the headlines. dated September seventeenth. It said you will do anything for, e- but for ESPN, but your ambitions don't stop there. Explain that quote or the headline.
2: Well, what I, what, what, what I, I mean, I, I, you know, they put that headline in there, but it, it's not entirely inaccurate. I believe that any employer uh, that shows the faith and the confidence in me uh, to to hire me. I have an inherent obligation to give them my very best. And not just in terms of performance, but in terms of effort. Um, I'm the kind of person that I think it's incredibly important that an employer looks at me and knows that, you know, if this man ever came to us and said something can't be done, it's because it can't be done. Because this man has exhausted every option and every angle imaginable Mm -hmm. to be as successful as he can possibly be on behalf of, of our company and of himself. And I don't get lost in the shuffle. I mean, obviously, I have an entrepreneurial spirit to some degree. There's a lot of things that I want to do, and there's a lot of things that I have done on my own. Uh, but at the end of the day, even if you're an entrepreneur and, and, and you're a business owner, you're going to answer to somebody, even if it's Uncle Sam, you're going to answer to somebody. <laughs> so my So my mentality has always been make sure that the people who show faith in you you honor the faith that they've showed in you by giving max effort and doing everything that you can uh, to produce max performance. And that's really what I'm about. And that's where that quote, that quote emanates from. I always want, um, whether it's ESPN or, you know, I used to work for Fox before. I used to work for CNN before. I worked for the Philadelphia Inquirer before. I worked for the New York Daily News before. Um, and the one thing that they have in common, and you know, even from my days as an intern with the Winston-Salem Journal when I was in college, the one thing that everybody uh, has in common when it comes to me is they say the same thing. The man doesn't get outworked. He will do whatever it takes And and striving to
1: succeed, and that's my mentality. I I had the good fortune of watching you uh, do a a speaking engagement in front of college students, and I uh, was—it was like a rock star. It was like—it was like watching a—you know—it was so into your brand. How do you—you say you're fifty? How does your brand resonate? So well with that millennial group or that college group, why do you feel that's such a an amazing high level of appeal for you?
2: I don't care whether you're two years old, you're 12 years old, you're 22, you're 32, you're 42, you're 52, or 62 years old. Um, I've never met anyone that gets tired of hearing truth, and that's what it really comes down to. Right. Uh, when you look when you look at me, you know that I mean what I say and I say what I mean. That's that true. I'm not playing. And you know, if I'm going to put if I'm going to put myself in a line of fire, so be it. Um it's about delivering the goods that it pertains to uh someone looking at me and knowing that I'm real and I'm authentic in that regard and I'm not going I'm not going to go out of my way the sugarcoat things i'm not trying to be disrespectful right i'm not trying to hurt anybody i'm not trying to do anything but you know when i was a kid i grew up idolizing one of the people i grew up idolizing anyway was howard Cosell. right um howard Cosell was a former uh, sports broadcaster uh and famous for wide world of sports and monday night football and various other things boxing and i remember i remember that's right i remember looking at him but also looking at various other folks on television, and I remember the authenticity of his words. You just never got the impression that he didn't mean what he said. But on so many other occasions, watching so many people, so many other people, you could see people making a concerted, if not strenuous effort uh, to sugarcoat things, to uh, come across as a bit soft peddling, for, for lack of a better word or phrase, and – I always felt like those people are holding back. They're cheating me because they're not, I just want to know the truth. And so as a result of that, I had always promised myself if I were ever in that position, people would know I meant what the hell I said and i and I say what I mean. Um, and I think that that level of realness, uh, it breathes a level of authenticity that not only an audience trusts, but it truly appreciates because it knows it's not getting from everybody. And as a result, they can rely on you at least uh, touching a certain perspective that they may have and and tickling their thoughts just a little bit and giving them food for thoughts. And that's what I strive to do every day.
1: Now, with that being said, and we know that your popularity uh, in many platforms is pretty strong, especially social media, but you're also commenting on a a group of athletes that are very sensitive and uh, thin-skinned. How does that, affect, uh, does that affect you? Does that matter to you? Do you want to have that relationship? How does that, I, how does that balance happen there, Stephen
2: A.? Well, it affects you to some degree because, obviously, you know, they're not, they're not prone, you know, keen to sit down with you and do an interview sometimes or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, where it affects me personally is if they feel that I was unfair right. or wrong those are the ways that it affects me if they feel it if they feel that I was unfair or I was wrong because I always want to be fair and I always want to be as right as I possibly can be outside of that (laughs) we don't have Thanksgiving dinner together we ain't exchanging Christmas gifts they don't pay my bills um, and I'm going to do my job my obligation is to my audience my viewers my listeners my readers uh, and the folks that, that that follow me on social media to a degree as well my my obligation is to them it is not to the athletes my only obligation to the athletes is to be as fair and to strive to be as accurate as i possibly can be and a lot of times even when they you know sometimes when they say that that i'm wrong i actually laugh at them and the reason why i laugh at them is that okay well then why didn't you return my call Why didn't you return my text message? You can see that I made a concerted effort to try to speak to you to get to the truth before I said anything. So you avoiding me and being inaccessible doesn't insulate you from me. That's not gonna work. (laughs) The The athletes that I have dealt with, and I've dealt with many as you well know, the athletes that I've dealt with throughout my career the ones who really, if ever, have any issue with me right. are the ones who, who remain in contact and are accessible. You don't owe that to me, but you have to understand, doing my job, I don't owe you what you think I owe you either. We both have a job to do. And if I'm in pursuit of the truth and I call you and I text you mm-hmm. or I confront you, I reach out to you and I see you face to face and you have an opportunity to give me the truth, and you pass, don't whine and moan about what my perspective is when you see me on national television speaking to millions upon millions of people uh, because you had an opportunity to address that, and you refused. That is your prerogative. And on a lot of occasions, by the way, a lot of the times I've been accused of not telling the truth, they've been patently false, <laughs> But you'll see it on the 30 for 30 documentary or feature or something along those lines where the exact thing that I said, is exactly what they admitted to. They just didn't want it out publicly. Well, guess what? You might have had a better chance of that happening had you communicated with me when I reached out to you.
1: And that's important. That you know, when I do the show, money making conversation, I'm, it's just it's layers, Stephen A. It's about layers from a business perspective, from a brand perspective, and also getting your message out there. What? Who is Stephen A. Smith? In the in the, in the quick nutshell, who is Stephen A. Smith?
2: Um, I'm a God fearing man who loved my mother dearly with all my heart before she passed away. She's the greatest woman I've ever known, who lives every day uh, trying to work hard to be the very, very best that I can be and to do the kind of things that would make her proud. That's basically me. Everything else falls in line with that kind of thinking. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Um, I've done things over the years that may have upset or disappointed her. Uh, but it's few and far between because I've lived my life under those principles pretty much all of my life because there's nobody that I love more. And so, you know, for me, I try to be somebody uh, that's not a phony, uh, that tries to be as real and and as authentic as I possibly can be, uh, that recognizes the obligation that I have not just to myself but to others who placed their trust and their faith in me, whether it be my employer, whether it be the public, whether it be my family and my loved ones, it doesn't right. matter. I try to live up uh, to, to what their expectations are of me because their expectations breed from what I purported myself to be. Hey, Stephen so A., I, to I want to hold you, you for
1: five more minutes. Can you give me five more minutes of your time? We'll be back with more Stephen A. Smith and... Don't go nowhere. Stephen A. Smith is the man. Hi, this is Rashad McDonald. I'm here. Money-making conversations. On the phone is the one and only Stephen A. Smith. I consider him a friend. He calls me a big brother. I love it when he does that because I like him being my younger brother. Um, Stephen A., uh, during the NBA playoffs, um, social media was crazy for you in a good way. Explain how, why you resonate so powerful or so well, especially your Instagram account has been off the chain. Explain to us about the importance of social media to your brand.
2: Well, social media is the new age. I mean, you have, uh, you know, as much as we, some of us may not like it or what have you, the reality is, is that people, uh, we live in an age with smartphones and Other things, and technology is clearly advanced, and the advent of social media is huge because it's it's given uh, folks a voice, which is something our society has been addicted to for quite some time. We've always clamored for and had an insatiable appetite to have a voice. It's just that the the mechanisms weren't out there for that to transpire, and obviously social media has changed that. But I would give most credit, um, as it pertains directly to your question, uh, to my journalistic background. Mm -hmm. people don't realize it's not just about writing and it's not just about reporting it's about having the pulse of what people want to hear about and read about and talk about and see on television you have to know this as a journalist i would wake up every single day i had to write a column sometimes three four or five times a week and so you're waking up thinking, okay, what's on the public's mind? What would be the most interesting and compelling topic to broach, to touch on, on this particular day? Those are the kind of things that when you wake up thinking about that, you have an idea of the pulse of the people. And when that transpires, it positions you to be even better at what you do. And so when I look at social media. I'm also looking at the news-wise. I'm looking at the kind of things that are percolating, the things that are trending, Mm -hmm. uh, the things that are taking place in the mind's eye of the folks. And that's what I talk about. I don't talk about what I want to talk about. I talk about what they want to talk about. You're doing a show, Money Making Conversations, and the people that you're interviewing. Who are the people that you're interviewing? You're interviewing the kind of people that you believe and your research has shown you folks are interested in knowing about. You didn't wake up and sit up there and say, well, I'm going to talk about what Rashawn wants to talk about. You said I'm going to talk about what the people want to talk about. And that's my approach to everything, whether I'm doing television, radio, or anything else. I don't get into what I want to talk about. I don't get into what I want to do. I get into delivering what I believe people want to talk about, want to know about, want to engage in dialogue about. Those are the kind of things that I talk to, that I talk about, and those are the kind of things that I do because I'm nothing without the people supporting me in terms of what I do for a living.
1: Which slides over to radio. And you know I'm a big fan of yours at radio. And and we can, get, we can get personal about that because of the fact that you are not, a, a should I say it was not a, didn't see the value or the, uh, of radio initially, but you do see it now. Explain the importance of radio in your brand.
2: I don't want to do television without radio. I don't want to do radio without television. I like the combination of both being seen and heard. Mm-hmm. But radio is incredibly powerful because it gives you the license a to speak hey, 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 Stephen, C, a, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen,
1: Stephen. Ain't you gonna give me credit? Oh, you know, you know, for pointing you what in that you direction
2: know,
1: of radio. Excuse me. Aren't you going to give me credit for pointing you in that direction of radio? Aren't you going to give me credit?
2: Well, I, I don't recall being finished with my answer.
1: Okay. I don't recall
2: that. I don't recall that. I thought I was talking. I was in the middle of a conversation. You know what I'm saying? I was going to get to all of that. Um, you know, I was going to talk about how you know radio is, radio is incredibly important because it gives you an opportunity not only to speak extemporaneously, but to elaborate extensively on the points you might make everywhere else. You're writing a newspaper article of 800 words. You're talking on television, but you got a two- to three-minute window to do that talking. But radio is yours, and Rashawn McDonald played a pivotal role in getting me to realize and recognize the importance and value in that because I just didn't feel that way. Uh, My attitude is that it was just an extension of what I already do. I'm just regurgitating what I said on television or whatever the case may be. But then when you go back and you listen to yourself in both mediums, you see the difference There's more of my personality that comes out in radio. I get an opportunity to elaborate extensively more on radio than I do on television. Mm -hmm. And it augments my points even more so. And so to me, that elevates the level of power that I, and potency that I may have as it pertains to what I do. And that was a value that I did not appreciate years ago that I learned to appreciate in large part because of you, your success with the Steve Harvey Morning Show, the way that I would see you do things behind the scenes and what have you. And 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 the reason why I give you so much credit is because, you know, I, I would do radio because I was good at it, I was told. Mm-hmm. I would do radio eventually because those things came about in terms of me recognizing its potency. But where you really came in is that you taught me to enjoy it as well. Right. I actually have fun doing radio now. Mm-hmm. That wasn't always the case.
1: Cool. My last question is your book. Is that, um, you know, people all, people, I've seen the college students asking. I've seen, I I've mean, I was in L.A. with you walking around. People, where the book at? Where you going to put out the book? When is the book going to happen, Stephen A. Smith, and what will the book be about?
2: The book will be written uh, by the end of the year. Uh, I've already written a couple of chapters, um, you know, and it's a motivational book, you know, essentially through the lens of my life, my story, and what got me here today. You know, as I said on on first take one day a couple of years ago that really resonated virally, um, I said, you know what? People look at the Kobe Bryant, the Shaquille O'Neal, or Jay-Z and others, and they call them the American dream. And I say, no, I'm the American dream. Mm -hmm. They're They're an American fantasy turned reality. But it's a one in a billion shot that you can be them. But guess what? You can be Stephen A. Smith, who all I did was bust my tail, work hard, and climb the ladder, and um, it, it do nothing but sheer hard work, determination, uh, and, and I guess some modicum of intelligence, or whatever the case may be. The bottom line is, is that it's not a fantasy to become me. You can do it. A lot of people can do it because I did it the old, the, the, you know, the old-fashioned way. I just worked hard at it. That's not to imply that those guys that I mentioned didn't work very hard. Mm-hmm. I'm simply saying look at the, the you know the, the talent that they have, the gifts that they have been blessed with, and ultimately the wealth they were able to accumulate because of it. Am I wealthy? Hell no. But I ain't broke, okay? <laughs> and I came from an historically black institution after getting left back in the fourth grade, and I climbed the charts and through sheer hard work and determination and ultimately made myself into what I am today. Anybody out there you got a good possibility to be Stephen A. Smith. It's a one-in-a-billion shot. You'll ever be a Kobe or Jay-Z or anybody else like that. And that's the kind of message that I want to send. And that's what—that's the kind of message that my book is going to resonate with, about.
1: Because that's important. Because I love that you said that because, phys, you know, as they say, if you have the physical talents, that separates you. But you're saying, and also you were dyslexic,
2: correct? That's right.
1: That is correct. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't. And that that didn't stop you. That that the level of determination and, and guidance uh, that you t- that you had along the way, and the mentors that you had along the way. I always feel that I'm a I'm a mentor to you because of the fact that, first of all, you're so gifted. And and when I first met you, you know, it's really interesting when you meet a talent like Stephen A. Smith. I'm gonna talk to him in the third party because of the fact that he's a naturally smart guy, and uh, he always corrects me. That's our joke. Our running joke, Rashawn, Rashawn. You can't say that word like that. Stop that. Stop that. Because he's a genius when it comes to words. And uh the fact that he's gonna write a book and allow pe an intimate book about his his growth as a as a human being, his his childhood years, and the fact he's gonna turn these words into motivational for everyday people. That's why I say college students resonate with him, adults resonate with him. Uh he's, he watches TV, he's a big fan of big fan of power. <laughs> So, my man, I I, want to just take the time to thank you. Thank
0: you for coming on my show, and
1: thank you for sharing your story.
2: No problem. I appreciate it, man. Y'all take it easy. Thank you for having me. Hey, man.